You are listening to the For Flourishing Sake podcast by Frederica Roberts. Welcome to episode 51. This is the fifth of the extended podcast episodes over the next few weeks, where you will be able to listen to the replays of the For Flourishing Sake book launch events. Today, I bring you the first half of the third panel discussion of the book launch extravaganza. This panel was recorded live on the 18th of June, the day the Kindle edition of For Flourishing Sake was published. The paperback will be published on Friday the 21st of August. Yay! And the fourth panel will be going out live at 12.30pm UK time on the Happiness Speaker YouTube and Facebook pages and on my personal LinkedIn profile that same day. Head over to the Book Launch Extravaganza page at forflourishingsake.com for full details of how to watch this event. So back to today's replay of part one of panel three. I chaired the panel myself and the panellists were Ian Flintoff, who is a positive psychology-based education coach, consultant and trainer at Affirm Consulting based in the UK. Serdar Ferrit, who is the co-CEO and creative director at Lifter based in Finland and the UK. Katrina Mankani, who is director of positive education at Sunmark School and Regent International School in Dubai. And Julie Goldstein, who is the principal at Hartford Magnet Trinity College Academy in the USA. In this first half of the panel discussion, the panellists discussed their interpretation of positive education, character education and the role of well-being in education overall, particularly in relation to educating for good citizenship and promoting inclusion, diversity and social justice. You can watch back all the panel video recordings on the forflourishingsake.com book launch extravaganza page. As usual, you'll find all the links on today's episode page at forflourishingsake.com. Well, good evening, good afternoon. I don't know what time it is anymore. And of course, depending on where you are in the world, um, uh, that will be different as well. But here in the UK, it's seven o'clock and welcome so much to the third panel today of the For Flourishing Sake virtual book launch extravaganza. And I'm calling it an extravaganza because three panels in one day plus another one on the 21st of August is uh, is possibly the most I've pushed the envelope out on this kind of uh, event um, ever. Um, So I am beyond excited to be here with you today, uh, with you watching and with the panellists in the virtual room with me who've joined us from a variety of settings. Um, So we have um, a number of people, you can see them there. I'll come back to you now uh, on big screen. Um, so we have um, somebody here who works in Finland and in the UK. We have somebody here who works in two schools in Dubai, another person who uh, works um, with trainee teachers, particularly and as a consultant with schools here in the UK, mostly in Norfolk. Um, And uh, then we've got somebody um, who works in Connecticut in the US as well. So quite a variety of people. And we've also got um, another person in the room that you won't see as a person, but you'll see this appearing and developing as we go along. And it's the wonderful Rebecca Osborne, uh, who's a fantastic illustrator. Um, I saw her do 
illustrations uh, first at um, TEDx Norwich Ed a couple of years ago and then at the um, Cambridgeshire Festival of Education last year. And uh, she does brilliant work. So you'll see this developing as we go along. And we've got the ones from the earlier panels as well. So lots of really little snippets there of, um, of what we're talking about will actually appear on screen as we go. So um, we'll be with you for the next hour, but let me tell you just a little bit about who I am and uh, why we're here. So I am Frederica Roberts. I am the author of The Flourishing Sake, um, and I'm a former teacher. And before uh, and and since then, I've been working as a trainer and as a speaker and consultant in positive education and character education um, in schools. And I've spoken at conferences all over the world on positive education and positive psychology as well. Um, my passion is really the whole school approach to positive and character education and we'll be touching on that today and that's of course the topic of the book where we look at all the different aspects of whole school uh, positive education. So we'll be with you uh, for the next hour. And we'll be exploring topics around this uh, from the different perspectives that we have in the virtual room today. So they're not all teachers directly. And um, that, that makes it quite an interesting mix as well in terms of experience that everybody uh, brings into this. But what I really wanted to do today, just like in the book, I wanted to bring to life the stories and the experiences of the amazing educators that I spoke to uh, as part of the research process for the book. Um, I wanted to make these panels really um very much about the how of how we do this. So again, making bringing the stories to life on your screen today as you're watching this and as you watch this back later so that you can really get the stories of, of how people are making this stuff work in practice because a lot of what happens otherwise is very theoretical. But then you walk away and you go, yeah, but how do I do that in my school? So it's very much about the how. Um, for flourishing sake, the book is um, out today. That's why uh, we're doing this today. It's out as a Kindle. Now, it's it's an interesting time at the moment with COVID-19 and what that's meant for publishing is that there's been a bit of disruption. So um, I'm taking this as a great opportunity to have two book launch days rather than just one because I'm greedy like that. Um, so today is the Kindle launch. And then on the 21st of August, the paperback comes out. So um, you can get the Kindle. Um, there you go. There's a link there that takes you to, to Amazon where you can get the Kindle version and then you can get going on this stuff and explore a bit deeper everything that we talk about on these panels and then of course you can get the paperback which um, I have it as do the contributors and as do the um, the people that actually wrote the endorsements but other than that there, there are no copies in the world of this just yet which is exciting. Um, so this book would not have happened without the wonderful contributors that you're about to hear from this evening and all the others that are not here in this specific panel. Um, so I am immensely grateful to all of them for their time not just today to be on this panel but their time as we've um, as I've interviewed them for the book and then as they've checked that I've got everything right and so on. It's been a long, laborious process and I'm immensely grateful to them for their time and the generosity of spirit in sharing what they're doing. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'm also immensely grateful to Andrew Cowley, the author of the Wellbeing Toolkit, who wrote the foreword to the book, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, and of course, a book would not happen without a publisher. Um, so I'm very, very grateful to the brilliant team at Jessica Kingsley Publishers for uh, making this happen. And um, everything from, from the initial idea to actually bringing it to fruition and to turning it into a book has been fantastic, both with both the editorial and production team. So thank you for that. 
And a huge thank you to the endorsers who read uh, the pre-publication copies uh, online uh, in order to then write the endorsements to actually go into the book and onto the cover of the book. So thank you very much, um, all of you. So I'm going to bring all the panellists on screen now. Uh, so that can introduce them briefly before they introduce themselves. Um, so I will in a moment ask each panellist to introduce themselves and say a little bit about what they do uh, and, and where they do it, um, but also what what their thoughts are on um, what positive, their understanding of positive education or character education or well-being education all the different terms that we use around that and, and however that applies to, to them and their setting and what they do. So their understanding um, of that. But um, I'll start off then. Um, our panellists are, I'll start with you, Ian, and I'll, I'll do one at a time as you introduce yourselves. I'll then move on to the next one. So Ian is based in the UK and he is a positive psychology based education coach, consultant and trainer. Um, and uh, the, the company is Affirm Consulting. So welcome, Ian. Would you like to introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you very much, Fred. Yeah, and uh, and uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, it's great to be part of this. Um, okay, so very briefly, um, I'm the director of, of a firm, as, as Fred has just mentioned, uh, and my work is uh, mostly with uh, schools, school staff, rather than uh, students, and around their well-being and resilience. Uh, and I operate a, a model that I developed following a, a master's in positive psychology around building resilience and well-being. Uh, and it draws obviously on the, the, the sort of history and science of positive psychology and also utilizes some of my experience, which over 32 years was as a teacher in secondary schools, uh, latterly for the last 20 or so years in senior uh, leadership. Uh, I was head teacher of two schools. Uh, one was in uh, London and one uh, on the coast in uh, East Anglia, uh, which is where I'm now based. Um, so that that's really my, my background. Um, and my work is very varied uh, with schools, with uh, school-based initial teacher training providers, uh, where I run uh, a program of training for all the trainees. Uh, I do some mentoring and tutor support there as well. Um, I work with school senior managers in a range of, of schools there to develop uh, positive psychology and, and particularly around helping schools to develop their own program for well-being. Um, and also with senior managers and, and teams on a coaching basis around developing their strengths. So it's very much a strengths-based process. Uh, so my work is, is really quite, quite varied and will we'll take its own course depending on what the, the client or the, the school requires. So uh, fun, fun work um, and really interesting to see how it develops and, and looking forward to this evening. Thank you very, very much, Ian. And would you like to say a little bit about sort of your take on, on what positive education is, um, particularly as somebody who comes from positive psychology background and training as well? Uh, quite interesting to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I think my, my take on positive education is really, I mean, my, my background in education as a senior manager led me to really focus on those those hard edge things to do with accountability and data and, and standards and performance. But I, I felt 
through my own experience and the experience of people that I work with, that there was quite a lot that was missing. And I think the positive education brings that focus on the whole child, the whole member of staff, that their their well-being essentially uh, enables them to be the best possible professional self they can be in terms of teachers. Uh, and I believe that the positive education angle begins to balance up some of what we're doing in education. And I think that there are some things that I think have gone fundamentally wrong. There's a lack of balance. And I think positive education brings that balance in between, you know, tracking the achievement and the development of young people, but also looking fundamentally at their well-being. So the two come together. Thank you very much. That's, that's brilliant. And um, I'm going to go to Julie next, if I may. So again, Julie, if you can introduce yourself um, and just say a, a few words, not just about what you do in the school setting, but also your thoughts on positive or possibly in your setting, it might be more character education that you refer to it as, but um, your understanding of that and, and what it means in your setting. Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me to this panel and excited to learn as I contribute. And I want to just um, give a quick shout out to Dr. Karen Feldman, who introduced me to you, Frederica. So, um, and we actually met at the International Positive Education um, Conference, the initial one. I came yeah. to um, where I am. At, I'm principal currently at Hartford Magnet Trinity College Academy, which is in Hartford, Connecticut. We're an early college arts and sciences themed middle and high school. Um, but just a year ago, I had been leading um, Breakthrough Magnet School, which is a character education themed pre-K to eighth grade school, also in Hartford Public Schools. Um, and that um, my, my path there, which I'll be very brief about, is I had started out as Teach for America's core, um, core as a core member of Teach for America a long time ago as a high school English teacher, where a lot of students were exploring their values and going through um, a lot of soul searching and values identification um, uh, um, apropos of the Rodney King riot era um, and realized that I really needed to get trained in order to feel that I could assist students. So um, that led me to Columbia University's master's in social work um, program where I developed a lot of skills, including psychodynamic psychotherapy and worked with Teach for America as a mental health consultant that um, then made me feel prepared to re-enter the schools um, first in social work, but then um, quickly into administration, which is really where I'm happy to be because I see schools as a place um, of so many um, needs are met in schools. Um, for me, positive education um, formalizes something that many of us um, in my generation did not grow up learning explicitly. Um, and I, really feel that the it's important for students to both be academically prepared um, through rigorous and enriching education, but also to be explicitly and implicitly taught um, the values that are inherent to um, positive education, um, positive um, emotions, engagement, relationships, meaningfulness and accomplishment as far as and also um, health. Um, we I'm excited to continue this conversation and learn from um, my co-panelists. I hope that that answers your questions. And again, thanks for having me. It does. Thank you so, so much. And uh, you have such a rich and diverse background as well that I'm sure we'll be unpicking a little bit more as we go along uh, through the discussion, particularly in the context, of course, of, of what's happening around the world at the moment as well, which will be really interesting to, to bring into the discussion as well. And Katrina, I'd like to come to you next, if I may. 
Thank you, Frederica, and it's it's lovely to be here with you and uh, with me and Julie and Serdar and Rebecca. Um, uh, so I'm the director of positive education um, for two schools in Dubai, and I have been leading the character education program since 2010. Uh, but in 2016, we have opened a new school, you know, one of the two, um, called San Mark School, which was um, which is a positive education school from the start from the from the word go um, and uh, I've been uh, fortunate to work with amazing educators and administrators to develop the whole positive education ethos which goes along the um, along everything that we do so uh, we call it the three-tier positive education um, uh, ethos so we have a proactive positive education and this includes all our character um, and well-being programs that we teach um, explicitly and implicitly um, from foundation stage to year 13. And then we have a responsive positive education that includes um, um, uh, all our counseling services and, you know, all the psychological help. You know, it's basically that boat which takes the student to the shore when, you know, they feel that they're in uh, uh, under the water. Uh, and then we have organizational positive education, and that is you know, the mindset um, that helps us to ensure that our policies, uh, whether uh, with regards to students or staff, uh, have the, um, you know, well-being of our uh, all members and community at the heart. Um, yeah, and in, if in short, positive education for me is when you put the well-being at the heart and center of education. Thank you so much for that, Katrina, and uh, I'm sure we'll come back a little bit more in, in detail as well about the, the three tiers as well there, because that's a really interesting angle to explore in terms of looking at the whole school um, perspective as well. And uh, Sadar, I'll come to you now. Sadar, your background is slightly different to, to everybody else's, but the reason I really wanted you on this panel is because um, the, the business that you run and the work that you do, I think, is so such a lovely um additional element that schools can bring in to support all of this stuff that um, uh, Katrina and Julie have been talking about and Ian in terms of what education is really about. So um, if you could introduce yourself and what you do um, and, and what it is that you bring into schools. And then obviously, if, if you've got your own thoughts on on the, the sort of what positive education, character education is, then uh, we'd love to hear those as well. Thank you very much, Katrina. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I have actually been a teacher. I was a teacher for a decade, so it's not completely irrelevant. Um, so today I run Lifter, um, which is a Finnish company, uh, and it's an immersive storytelling platform. And what that basically means is that we give children a window into the lives of people around the world, uh, and they can literally go into somebody's home or workplace, look around it in 360 degrees uh, in the safety of their own classroom or home at the moment, uh, click on things to familiarize themselves with a whole new place. Uh, and when they're ready, they can click on the human being in that place, bring that human being to life, a real human being, um, and then get a slice of their life in a short documentary film. Uh, and all of the stories on Lifter uh, are true stories, they're real stories, they're real people, and they're positive stories. Um, and it's a way of sharing positive uh, human stories. It's a way of modeling uh, different skills and values and character strengths um, and it's a way of taking children out of their sort of immediate reality and showing them that other realities and other perspectives 
exist in the world. Um, so that's Lifter uh, in a nutshell. Um, and my take on positive uh, education is that we're trying to conjure up, uh, nurture positive emotions, um, model positive relationships, uh, and really put well-being uh, at the heart of learning. That's brilliant. And so much of what you said there, um, that really encapsulated why I, when, when I came across Lifter, when I was looking for, for contributors to the book, I was so keen to bring what you do into the book because um, you, you've touched on so much of that. There's so much that you bring in in terms of the character development, in terms of the emotions. And I'm so glad that you mentioned positive relationships there because that's one massive cornerstone of, of positive psychology and positive education, of course. Um, and so I suppose that there's, there's a couple of things springing from, from all of your introductions there. So we'll take them one at a time, even though I think there's a lot of interlinking there. Um, one of the aspects, I suppose, is looking at um, that aspect of um, the role of schools uh, and educators in um, forming minds and children that, that become responsible citizens um, that actually have, you know, a, a valuable place in society and that can um, work on, on, on doing some of the injustices that we're seeing and, and the, the, the lack of diversity that we're seeing the, and everything that we've seen happening politically around the world and particularly with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And obviously, Julie, you were saying, you know, you kind of came into what you're doing now from, from exactly the same problem years ago and, and here we are again. Um, and, and then I suppose we also can't ignore that whilst all of that is bubbling away politically, we're also in the middle of a pandemic and that's bringing all sorts of challenges from, from a well-being perspective and also perhaps giving us opportunities from a character development perspective for all of us um, and perhaps opportunities for education, who knows, and, and to, to see some of the stuff we want to see. So uh, taking perhaps that, that initial aspect of the, the, the community and citizenship and, and how positive education, character education can um, support that. Um, and then we can maybe move on to, to the whole school and the other aspects that involve that. So, uh, Sardar, I'll come back to you because I'm really interested actually in what you've seen in terms of what Lifter does at the moment and how that's being used perhaps to help with the challenges we're facing. Thank you, Federica. So we know that a lot of schools are using Lifter remotely now. Um, as simply as a way to, to share new realities with children. Uh, and over the lockdown period, we had a lot of good feedback um, from teachers and school leaders across the country, um, basically using uh, delivering uh, remote assemblies, remote lessons, and just getting children to, to explore a new place and, 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 and watch uh, positive human stories. Um, so over the last period, that's, I think that's been our main contribution. Um, from, uh, from a child perspective, from a teacher perspective, um, we've also had um, we've had more training sessions, so more CPD uh, than we've ever had before. We've seen a real spike uh, in interest in Lifter um, over this uh, over this period as well. Fantastic, thank you. And I, I think the the other thing that can't be overlooked as well is um, particularly in in light of the recent political developments and and what we've seen with Black Lives Matter. Um, is that actually what you're doing is giving that that different perspective because so many 
uh, children perhaps haven't been exposed to lives that are different to their own or to the skin colour that's different to their own. And so by actually giving that window, you, you're really doing something quite relevant in that context, as well as in the context of positive education, you say. Yes, I mean, a number of, I meet head teachers across the country who who say our children don't see the next town. Um, and, and in some cases, there are no, you know, there's nobody who looks that different in their towns. They're quite monocultural. Uh, and yeah, uh, Leicester is, is one way uh, of exposing them to different stories, uh, diff- uh, people from different backgrounds. And, and our big dream uh, is that by the time a child leaves school, uh, if they've had the opportunity to go all around the world uh, to meet people from, you know, lots and lots of different countries, to see lots and lots of different cultures, lots of different perspectives, lots of different slices of life, that that matrix of diversity will kind of normalize or usualize diversity. Uh, and, and we believe that they will then be able to see for themselves how interconnected we are, how interdependent we are. Uh, and that this wouldn't only have a positive impact on their own education, but also hopefully on society. Brilliant. Thank you. And I think that's a really big aspect, actually, of positive education, that it's it's not just about individual well-being, but about societal flourishing as well and how we can support that. Um, so I'd like to come to Ian on that as well, because I know, Ian, that, that you've mentioned to me off air when we've talked before um, about some of the, the feedback that, that you've had in local schools from that perspective and, and how important this is. Yeah, I was going to say, Sirdar's uh, programme is is running quite a lot of schools in uh, in East Anglia, where where that little lump that sticks out on the east coast of England into the North Sea. Uh, ironically, if you drew a straight line, of course, uh, the nearest place to East Anglia would be the Netherlands rather than anywhere else in uh, in England, which is quite interesting. Um, but certainly, East Anglia is is uh, not terribly diverse. Um, and uh, one of my other roles, which is a, a different role, is as a, a vice chair in um, a governing body of a, a secondary school uh, just around the corner in my local community. Uh, and we recently had a, a very powerful letter that was sent to us by some former pupils who felt that actually their education and the curriculum that they studied had not really prepared them for the, the world that they're now in. And they, they kind of regret the gaps that they see in their education. And I think that uh, one of the things that I'm very keen to see schools doing is embracing uh, the students in terms of looking at a curriculum that is much broader. And actually what Sirdar's resources do is take children to see that they can relate to those individuals. They can see real similarities, but also differences and celebrate those. Uh, And I think that that sort of education is really needed as well as in the secondary sphere, you know, students being able to stu- study a much broader range of the things like not just British history, but that, you know, the history at the moment of, you know, Britain's uncomfortable role in slavery, uh, how we made our wealth through the the, the empire and, and our exploitation of, of countries. So they're uncomfortable, but very difficult things. Uh, but very important things for for students to study. So I think all of that is is really important. And I think, you know, in terms of our staff, helping our staff to approach uh, those issues, uh, perhaps uh, with better CPD, with different CPD that enables them to do that so that we can start to face up to some of these fundamental issues. And I think if we want society to flourish as well as individuals, we, we really need to grapple with those. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much um, for, for your perspective on that. Um, and um, Julie, can I come to you as well because of what you said about, you know, the, your background as well. I'd, I'd like to hear your views on how um, character and positive education are really under, underpinning the, the role of, of schools and educators to, to develop better citizens, I suppose. Um, sure. Well, I'll, I'll do my best with that. Um, I think with the Breakthrough Magnet School, um, the, it's it's got the unique curriculum that it has focuses on the students' intrinsic motivation in um, in regards to um, looking at challenges as opportunities to grow, taking responsibility for your own happiness and well-being in life, you know, understanding integrity, contribution, and knowledge. And hopefully I won't divert too much from your question, um, but it really... Those kinds of values, and then at my current school, we look at um, being honorable in our actions, mindful of diversity, thoughtful toward others, and contributing um, creative in our expression and ambitious in scholarly endeavors. And I, I bring up these two sets of values because um, those are things that need to be both caught through the actions of the adults um, who are in our schools, as well as taught explicitly in the curriculum, not only in um, specifically to those areas, but also in um, the content that we focus on. And um, those those aspects of developing the intrinsic um, strength, the resiliency, um, the commitment to having purpose in life in our students during their developing years um, is really what will build them up both within the school community and then moving on outside in college and career. And I just really appreciate um, the, the aspect of, at, at magnet schools, we intentionally integrate our student population because of our inherent flaws in our systemic racism in the United States. And we really have a responsibility, um, not only within the magnet schools, which is again, integrates all of our students from um, a number of different areas within our state, um, both racially, culturally, ethnically, and um, location-wise, um, for the purposes of um, what um, Sardar, you had mentioned, to create true understanding and familiarity and appreciation, not even just acceptance, but appreciation for um, the variety of different um, ways that people approach life and, and their experiences so that when they truly enter as adults into our global society, um, they're equipped to make um, healthy choices for themselves and also um, make a profound difference in our world. We really need to change the status quo and it has to start with each individual. Um, I guess as an example in our school, um, building relationships, you know, in our schools is what allowed us when we did move into our closure and started to teach from a distance learning students both at Breakthrough Magnet School, where I'm still very much in touch with that, the students and our school, because we have the relationships that we do, um, we're able to continue to work on the values um, from the remote standpoint. And, and really what we want is, and we've had as a result, a very high level of engagement in our remote learning. Um, so I, it, this, what you're doing um, with flourishing sake and making some of these sort of nebulous topics um, more practical um, and being able to learn from all of the different people that you um, interviewed, Frederica, is just really exciting to me. I'm excited to bring it to my school um, where we're going to be formalizing our character education in our middle school, high school here at Hartford Magnet. So. 
Fantastic. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for, for that uh, feedback, because that's really what I'm trying to do with, with the book and, and now with the panels um, to go with the book. And of course, with the podcast that I, that I run as well uh, for Flourishing Sake, which is to really bring bring this stuff to life, because we've all got kind of um, ideals and wishes and desires to change things. But what so many teachers say and, and school leaders, you know, it's if, if they're just looking at a school that they want to change and they go, well, where do I start? What do I do? And that's what I'm trying to unpack a little bit. Um, so thank you for that. And I'm really excited that you're going to be um, bringing in more of a curriculum. And we can talk a bit about the curriculum side of things in a, in a moment as well. Um, but Katrina, I wanted to come to you as well on, on the same uh, question that we've been talking about because of the, the setting that you have there in, in your two schools. Um, and um, I suppose you've got the interesting side of things that you've also set up one school from scratch with positive education in mind. Um, and it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on on where where the thought processes were there in terms of, you know, the, the citizenship aspect of, of the pupils as well. And because I think you've got quite a multinational population in your schools as well. So that's quite interesting. Um, and also... Um, if I remember correctly, you're doing some amazing stuff on restorative justice, which I think also comes into that. So if you'd like to touch on that as well, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, our schools are in a, in a unique context. We have, uh, in each of the schools, we have up to 90 nationalities. Um, we are British international school and we teach in lines with UK, uh, in line with UK national curriculum, but at the same time, in every class, uh, you would not have um, more than two repetition of a nationality. Uh, it's almost like you know the whole world in a school, um, and that creates already an environment in which um, empathy, you know, tolerance um, and diversity are valued. Uh, in fact, just this year, I was teaching um, a lesson in year twelve, and I was showing them the danger of single story talk by. Um, Amanda Adichie, and uh, then we were discussing, and the students said, you know, we never even, uh, we are in this school for too long, we're in Dubai for too long to actually think of a single story, because we're all different, and we hear all different stories. Um, yeah, so that helps with the citizenship, because they, from from the moment they, they arrive to Dubai and go to school, they're global citizens, um, that does the job. Uh, in, so then our um, our our school's purpose is just to then help them to um, find the common human values so that we talk about the human character strengths, human um, values and, uh, you know, human well-being kind of. Um, in terms of restorative justice, um, yeah, so uh, as I was, um, I think, Federica, you were on my talk in this uh, International Positive Education um, Festival a couple of years ago, where I mentioned that um, when we rolled out positive education in 2016 on the whole school level, um, we understood that there is a disconnect between what we preach and what we do, because the behavior system, the behavior policy was still uh, very much old 
style with, you know, with detentions and with, you know, reprimandment and um, all, 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 all those things. Um, and we said that we need to rewrite it. So we, we basically got the team of, um, you know, staff members and students, and we we went towards restorative justice approach, which we um, um, divided into kind of four main uh, aspects. Uh, so it's first of all, it's of course respect and respect of four things. So respect of uh, each other, respect of teachers, um, and teachers respecting students back and respect of the facilities. Um, and then it is res responsibility, responsibility for our actions. And if, if something happened, um, uh, then that act needs to be repaired. So there is no, there is no punishment per se. The punishment is a re reparation of damage. So we, um, let's say if somebody, um, drew on the wall, then they need to clean the wall. But what if they had, um, hurt somebody's feelings? Then they need to repair the relationship. And, um, we have, um, teachers and, you know, members of SLT facilitating the discussion. And then the reparation is chosen by the student um, uh, himself or herself. Uh, and then the fourth step is reintegration. So back into the community, um, learning from what happened, but at the same time, not focusing on it. And the main paradigm shift of, the, of restorative justice is that there are no rules of the school. So there are, no, there are no school rules. There are rules of the relationship. And the rules of the relationship are, again, universal. Thank you for tuning in to the For Flourishing Sake podcast. If you found this episode useful, please give it a five-star rating on iTunes to help it reach more people. And please spread the word. Also, if you haven't already, remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. For Flourishing Sake is available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Deezer. The book by the same name came out on Kindle on the 18th of June and will be out on paperback on the 21st of August. You'll find it on all the major online book retailer sites. It's jam-packed with evidence-based strategies for whole school positive education with case study examples from a wide range of schools from around the world. So why not order your Kindle copy now or pre-order your paperback so you'll receive it as soon as it's published. If you'd like to get in touch with questions or comments or to contribute to a future episode, please contact me via Twitter at FlourishingEd. You can also leave comments on individual episode pages on the forflourishingsake.com website. I look forward to hearing from you and until next time, for flourishing sake, have a great week.